Data Skeptic Podcast is a weekly show featuring conversations about skepticism, critical thinking, and data science. Well, welcome to another mini episode of the Data Skeptic Podcast. I'm here as usual with my wife and co-host, Linda. Hi, I'm Linda. Linda, our topic today is MapReduce. Have you heard of this before? Nope. You don't even have like a crazy engineer running around your office talking about Hadoop all the time? It's called Hadoop. Well, Hadoop, okay, maybe we should get into it. I just thought maybe you'd recognize one of these words because people love to talk about Hadoop. MapReduce is a particular type of framework, and I'll talk more about that in a second. And Hadoop is a very popular implementation of that, and it's for working on big data. Surely you've heard of big data, right? Yeah, but I don't really know what it means. Okay, let's start there. What would you guess that it means? Lots of data. Yeah, that's a good start. You think it would fit on a three and a quarter inch floppy? A three and a half, right? I don't remember how much a floppy disk holds. <laughs> Virtually nothing by today's standards. Maybe 500K? Like Is one, that how much? No, no, it's more than that. Hold, basically, it would hold like one MP3. Okay, so like five megabytes. Actually, it might not hold one whole MP3. It's a 1.44 megabytes, if memory serves. Anyway, small data. The analogy I like to use sometimes when, I, when people ask me what big data means is I say, have you ever tried to open a file that's really, really big? Like usually this will be like a spreadsheet for some people or maybe like a Photoshop file with a bajillion layers and it just takes forever to get it open. Has that ever happened to you? Mm, maybe. I think eventually it just doesn't open. <laughs> right. So that is actually sort of the, just like we have the sound barrier, there's kind of like a big data barrier. When you try and open something on your computer and it just does not work. So let's talk about what your computer has available. It has CPU. You know what that's for? Processing? Yep. CPU is generally fast. It has memory. You know what goes there? Well, it's your thinking ability. Yeah, it's like RAM, right? Yeah. And then there's the hard drive, the disk space, or sometimes like the network. So I'll call that I.O. because it means that your CPU has to go out to either disk or over the network to get information and bring it back. So that's pretty slow. Memory is very fast. It's right on the motherboard near the processor. So have you ever noticed that, like your computer will be sluggish when you turn it on? Oh, yeah. You know why that is? I don't know. I don't. Maybe I don't like my computer. <laughs> <laughs> well, it mostly has to do with the fact that your computer, the operating system in this case, is very smart and it knows how to cache stuff into memory because memory is fast and hard drives are slow. Do you know how much RAM is in your computer? No, you you picked it out for me. <laughs> of course. Which is not to say I'm not technical, actually. No, you're actually so. very smart. Your computer before this that you bought on your own was a good computer. You did good. Yeah, then one day it just stopped working. So I guess it was a bad computer I had then. nothing to do with that. <laughs> and, uh, well, so you don't know how much memory. I think I put, I want to say eight gigs in there. I might have put 16 if I was feeling generous. I don't think you put them in there. We just bought it as is. Yeah, well, I filled out the form. There wasn't a form. Yeah, there was. We you bought it at Best Buy. Did we? Yeah, because the our earlier one online, there was a problem, and then oh, we had yeah. to return it. Oh, those So then idiots. we just bought an out-of-the-box one from Best Buy. Oh, I forgot that horrible company we tried to use. Anyway, well, so you don't know your memory. Let's just call it 8 gigs. Do you remember your hard drive size? Nope. Take a guess. You have must have an idea. Five gigs? No, got to no be way. more than maybe like terabyte. 30 gigs. No, you've got a terabyte in there, I'm sure. I don't think so, no. Yeah, we'll check after this. I'll check. We'll do a little uh, prologue and see who wins the bet. <laughs> <laughs> I do not have a terabyte because the other day I remember I looked and I was like, oh, I surprisingly don't have as much you empty You take too many space. photos. 
I don't take that many photos right now, so I haven't really been filling it out. Most of the photos are on my phone, which don't fill up that quickly. It's okay. if I use a high-res camera. Yeah. So uh, getting kind of back to topic, the reason I bring all this up is because in a perfect world, you would just cache everything to memory, and it would be very fast. But you have a limited amount of memory. Eight gigs is a lot, and you can get bigger machines than that, but there's a limit there. The disk space is another limit, so you could swap stuff in and out, but you could be dealing with data that's larger than a terabyte or larger than the number of hard drives you could put in a computer, potentially. So what do you do when you have so much data that it can't fit on one machine? It'll fit on two. Yeah, exactly. And what if it doesn't fit on two? Three, and you, you just go. keep, you just keep, keep going adding. up. So the first thing about big data is when you have data that's no longer manageable in sort of these traditional ways. It can't be managed by one computer. So a great example, and actually the origins of a lot of this big data stuff is Google, right? Because they want to crawl and index the entire internet. But last I checked, there's no way to download the entire internet to your computer. Nor could it fit if there was such a link. Well, when you say crawl and index, mm -hmm. what do you mean? Oh, we should come back to that. Crawling and indexing is another good topic. Maybe for next week or something. Um, but that's just basically how they look at all the pages and summarize them. So the next time you type something, they know what are the good sites to recommend. Immediately. Immediately, yeah. Without going out and asking every web server in the world if they have any matching documents and then showing them to you. It's pre-done. The other more maybe practical real-world example, getting into what the MapReduce part of our discussion is, is, okay, so we've established there's sometimes data that's too big it can't fit on one computer. So how do you manage it? Well, like we said, you go to multiple computers, but maybe you just get the data off the first computer, solve it, then you go to the second computer and get the more data, and third and go on. But it, that could be really slow. You can actually take advantage of doing things in parallel. The kind of like hands-on example I was thinking of is what if you and I were put in charge of handling voter records in the state of California and we wanted to know, we had all the like vote punch cards or whatever from the last election and we wanted to know what the total vote was broken down by age group, like, you know, the decades, people in their 20s, 30s, 40s, so on, for each party, what percentage in each age bracket voted for which two candidates. So Kyle's assuming we fell out our age. Yeah, yeah submit a vote so we're just make we're just making something up yeah and then he's even assuming that we punch holes in the ballot so kyle's clearly never voted in the state of california <laughs> uh true. there's actually these two lines and you connect the line like connect the dots kind of and you make like a line okay that's that oh wait that's just one way and then another way is that there's different numbers and you just fill the numbers like you know when you take a multiple choice test in school and they put it in their little auto reader does that mean they offer none of the above <laughs> i would like that no oh, well they bad. have a booklet that has questions and it only has let's say you have like 200 dots you oh, only okay. you'd only answer like five. Oh, okay i get it i think so assume that the age was there and we wanted to go tabulate this. Would you have every city in the whole state ship their ballots to our house to be counted here? No, we have a smallish house. We have no storage for all that. Well, there's no storage and we don't have people to count them. Yeah, 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 exactly. Assuming it's manual. So this is like the good analogy I came up with for what MapReduce is. Instead of going out, getting all the data, bringing it home, and then processing it, you not only do you store the data elsewhere but you send your computation to where the data lives. 
So you call up friends or whatever and you say, hey, you know, tonight this friend needs to drive to San Diego, go get the ballots, count them all up, and then come back and just tell me the answer. So you don't have to drive the ballots back. You just go there, do the computation, and bring it back. When we talk about MapReduce, it's two steps. It's Map and Reduce. Map is like the filtering, sorting kind of step. So it's dividing the, each of the pieces you have available into the age groups. And then reduce is like the calculation, adding it up and then aggregating it and bringing it all home. As each city returns, you know, each of our friends going out to all the cities in California to do these counts, as they bring those back to us, they just need to tell us their breakdown by age group. And then we add all those up as they come back. So we don't know each individual ballot, but we know the pieces of the solution that were found in every city. And every city's like potentially a different node on a distributed file system. So every worker just solves for the data it has, and then all those solutions get aggregated together. And uh, the real breakthrough that has made this possible for the common man, such as myself, is what's called commodity hardware. Are you aware of this? No, what is this? Do you know anything about virtualized servers? Anybody talk about AWS around you at the office? Oh, I've heard of virtualized servers. You yeah. talk about them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did you ever see that charge for AWS on the credit card? <laughs> That's Amazon Web that. Services. So Amazon, oh, you talk about yeah, that. They're That's one of the big players. So what they essentially offer is you can go on their website and with the click of a button, you can have a computer, a virtual computer, but a computer nonetheless set up for you. And it's like instantly available, which is way different from the old days where if you wanted a server, you had to buy an actual hardware computer, go have it installed somewhere and it takes a lot of time and, and it's expensive. I can go spin up a thousand machines, keep them for an hour, and then delete all of them if I want to at the Amazon Web Services. And one of the tools that makes this MapReduce stuff possible is called Hadoop File System, or HDFS. So I can spin up all those instances, install Hadoop, spread out my data across them, and then have little worker bees go out, and that's the map step, kind of do whatever they're doing, and the reduce step is bringing it all back and putting it together. Just like the counting votes in each city and just bringing home the totals. So your worker bees, as you quote said, is like your programming where you're actually sending them out there to do the count, right? Yeah, and, and this part actually is maybe a good point to break it for another episode because my analogy is breaking down a little bit. But more or less you're saying like to each of those servers, here's the code I want you to run. Run this f on my behalf for me. And it, it's just going to go locally and like, calculate a bunch of things and then bring the answer back so it's purely used for like counting right so i keep saying counting for a couple of reasons number one because that's like the default entry example that most people do most people who start this stuff will do the prolific word count example and truth be told counting activities are probably the thing that's most done with MapReduce. Uh, though not necessarily, I could be wrong about that, but it's like sort of the simplest thing that needs to happen on big data is counting of some kind, getting frequencies basically, at least in, in my world. But you can do just about anything with MapReduce. You could use MapReduce to plan chess strategies if you wanted. How? That would be a good topic for another episode. But the basic gist of it is that each of, I guess, each of the nodes you have could be pondering different board configurations that are spread out. So, like, would it be good if I move the knight, or would it be good if I move the rook? Each of those, they don't necessarily know, need to know what the other's doing. They just need to bring back, like, a final heuristic of how good the board is, and then we would decide if we, you know, which move to take. Hmm, I don't know. We'll have to wait for that next episode. Okay, well, sounds good. Well, thanks again for joining me, Linda. Well, thank you. Thank you.
addendum. We're going to check your computer's hard drive, see who was correct. Okay. I'm clicking around here, looking to see where I could find out yeah. how much space. Aha! 917 gigabytes. That's from one hard yeah, drive. You only have one hard drive. Oh, okay. So not a terabyte, but sort of close. And without talking about bits versus bytes versus all that thing, the rounding. You know about that problem? I don't know. Well, it's nope. a mini episode for no another day. What you're talking about. You have almost a terabyte, though. See. So I have 917 gigs, which means yeah. not a terabyte. <laughs> right, but almost. The point is, I do not have a terabyte. Okay. So, you know what that means? What does it mean? I'm right. That's correct, <laughs> as usual. Linda is right. <laughs>